Amen. Let me invite you to take your copy of the Word of God. Open to the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. So Luke, chapter number 5. William Carey, before there was Adoniram Judson, before there was even Lottie Moon, there was William Carey. William Carey is probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular missionary in Baptist history. Uh, He said, and I read, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. So this Sunday, I'm, I'm going to ask you, church, to do just that. I'm going to ask us to expect great things from God and to attempt great things for God. That is precisely what Jesus asked his disciples to do in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is asking them to expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. So this vision Jesus gives them, it's not a run-of-the-mill everyday vision. So that's what I'm going to speak to you about today. Not your everyday vision. And this vision will not be your everyday vision when you see it today. So let's read the text, Luke 5, verse 1 through 11. Here's verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him uh, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats So that they began to sink. But when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Gracious Father, we ask for you to be honored by the reading, the hearing, and the response to your word. God, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us today, convict us today, challenge us today, encourage us today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So here's our takeaway, simply stated like this. uh, Caught people catch people. People who are caught by the gospel, by the grace of God, they turn right around and they catch other people with the grace of God. (laughs) That's that's what we do. We, we, We are, in Christ, we are followers of Christ. Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men. 
And like he told Peter here, listen to what he told him. From now on you'll be catching men. Now the word catching there in the Greek is a word that means to capture alive. To think of a net. To net alive. To preserve. To save. Or to capture rather than killing. Like oftentimes when you go fishing, uh, you fish to catch fish so you can kill it and eat it. But we don't catch people to kill them and eat them. We catch people to save them and feed them. And that's what discipleship and evangelism is all about. They go together. You can't separate the two. Making disciples includes having gospel conversations. It includes soul winning. It includes uh, pouring into others as others have poured into you with the gospel. They go hand in hand, evangelism and discipleship. And so how these fishermen... Fish for men over 2,000 years ago, it's not much different than how we do it today. It's just really not. And that's what I want to point out here as we pull out of this text three asks that I'm going to ask you as a church. First of all, I want to ask you to try something new for God. <laughs> I want you to try something new for God. Peter, in this passage of Scripture, tried something new for the Lord. He said, Lord, at your word, I'll do it. He tried something they'd never tried before, and we'll see that here in a few minutes. And I'm going to ask you to try something you've never tried before. I don't know if you realize this, but North America, the continent of North America, is the only continent on this planet where Christianity is declining. Now, America is on that continent, the United States. America is the fifth largest mission field in the world. Well, Pastor, we live in the Bible Belt, right? We live in the Bible Belt. We're okay. We're, 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 we live in the Bible Belt. Church, the Bible Belt has come unbuckled. It's unbuckled. And, and whose fault is that? I'll tell you whose fault it is, that America is declining in their faith in Christ, that America's getting further and further away from God. Whose fault is that? It's your fault. And it's my fault. And it's, our, it's the church's fault. That's whose fault it is. It falls at our feet. That's why Jesus says this over and over again. I mean, just pick a gospel. And he just says in Matthew 24, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. That includes America. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That includes America. In Revelation 7-9, When all the languages and peoples and nations are gathered around the throne in heaven, that includes America. And note what Jesus does in this text. And by the way, he is teaching the crowd, but he's also using this as a teachable moment for his disciples. We could say it today, it's a teachable moment for the church. Yes, he's getting his word out to people. And yes, Jesus goes out of his way to get his word out. That's what Jesus does. He goes out of his way to get the word out, to get his word out. And so let's see how this unfolds. The crowd's pressing in, verse 1. Uh, Jesus is standing by this lake. He, 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 the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, the word of God, is, they're pressing in to hear that. When God's word is heard by people of the world, the people of the world draw near to the God of the word. That's how powerful the gospel is. That's what's happening. So they're pressing in to hear more. And to, we see Jesus standing by this lake. Uh, Lake of Gennesaret. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this word. I, I looked it up, and there's pronunciations with a soft G, Genseray, and there's pronouncements with a hard G, Gennesaret. I mean, is it soft G or hard G? I don't know if it's G-I-F, 
GIF or if it's G-I-F GIF. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Bernie Sanders because I don't know. But what I do know is this. What's more important than pronouncing this word correctly is to see who is standing there proclaiming the word. It is Jesus himself. He's standing by this lake, which is the Sea of Galilee, by the way. He's standing by this lake. He sees these two boats. He says to Simon, hey, put your boat out. I'm going to get in the boat. I'm going to teach the people from the boat. And this is what Jesus does. He is going out of his way to get his word out. And the lake would have done that. Have you ever been on a lake, on one side of the lake, or on the lake, and you hear somebody talking like they're sitting right next to you, and they're on the clear other side of the water, just clear on the other side, and you can hear them like they're standing next to you. Why is that? Because the lake acts as a loudspeaker. It functions as an amplifier, and it, it would have carried Jesus' voice and thrown it up on the shore and thrown it up in the hillside for people to hear it. Just like I'm talking, they would have, without this microphone, I mean, man cannot manufacture the acoustical properties that this lake, the Sea of Galilee has. It's remarkable. And so Jesus knew that. So he put the boat out, he gets in the boat, he sits down, just like he's in a synagogue. Now, is he in a synagogue? No. Did he still teach in synagogues? Yes. You can look at the end of chapter 4. He is going from village to village, preaching in their synagogues. So he doesn't abandon what they've always done. He's trying something new. He's moving toward the people. He's actually taking a step and teaching his disciples, I'm calling you to move toward people. I'm calling you to take the gospel and go to where the people are. So I'm going to turn this fishing boat into a floating pulpit. And I'm going to preach the word. The word is going to be taught from this boat. The same boat where fish are caught, the word, my word, is going to be taught. And so that's what he does. Jesus did something. He's teaching his disciples to try something new. He's going out of his way. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in on getting God's word out. I want to be in on that. I want to get in on getting God's word out. And so notice what he says to Simon in verse 4. He says, all right, Simon, put out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. And this is after he's taught the people and says, okay, now that the word has gone out, Now that the word has been taught from this boat, this boat is going to be used to catch fish. He says, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon, and and at this moment, this account is becoming a real live action parable. An autoplay, if you will, parable in real time. Jesus just transforms this whole thing into a parable at the drop of a hat. And he begins to teach his disciples what he's calling them to do. He turns this gospel-bearing boat into a, a floating pulpit that's going to catch fish. So this is what this boat reminds us of. This is what this floating pulpit reminds us. It reminds us that when God's Word is taught, there is an opportunity for people of the world to be caught. The gospel is the power. It's going out. It's, it's engaging people's hearts. And so notice what Peter says to this request of Jesus to let down your nets. Or Jesus has asked him to let down his nets. And notice what Simon Peter says. He says, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Now I can just imagine this conversation. Here's some professional fishermen. Here's a handyman, Jesus, a carpenter. And the handyman is telling the fisherman how to fish. That's like you and I calling 
Tom Brady today or Aaron Rodgers or uh, call them and say, hey, if you'll do this, you'll win today. That's like me and you trying to tell them how to play quarterback. What is this guy doing trying to tell us how to fish? Jesus, listen, we, we fished all night. We hadn't caught anything. I mean, we're professionals. We do this for a living. There's no fish here right now. They're not biting today. <laughs> they certainly didn't last night. But notice what Peter says. Master, if you say so, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Basically, this is what Peter's saying. He just says, well, you're the boss. It's not going to work, but you're the boss. I can't tell you the number of times in pastoring. I've pastored three churches, and I can't tell you the number of times I've heard this over and over and over again. Hey, pastor, we've tried that. It doesn't work, pastor. It's not going to work, pastor. You're not a from here. You're a come here. You don't know how it works here, and we do. That's not going to work. So Peter's saying, Master, that's not going to work, but at your word, you're the boss. We'll let down the nets. And so they let down the nets. Bob Gordon said it this way, One of the signs of spiritual growth is to be continually, spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, is to be continually breaking new ground in the things of God. So this is something new for them. They've never fished like this. These were trammel nets. They had weights at the bottom. They had floats at the top. They were a 100-foot semicircle net. They'd throw it out, and they would pull it hand over hand, fist over fist. I mean, just and drag it on the bottom, just back-breaking work. I mean, work. they did it all night long. They're exhausted. They've washed the nets. They've got them ready. They've mended them. They're getting them ready to fish that night. But you don't use those night nets during the day. That's the wrong equipment to use to catch fish during the day. Jesus, this is not going to work. I, I can remember I was praying for a vision for our church years ago, and God led me to John 29, I mean John chapter 21, which is a parallel passage to this text. Peter has betrayed Jesus, the resurrection has happened, and he says, I'm not cut out for this disciple stuff. I'm going fishing. I'm going to know what I know how to do. I'm going fishing. And he and some of his disciples go fishing. They fish all night. They don't catch anything. They see Jesus on the shore. Jesus said, did you catch anything? They said, no, we hadn't caught anything. Jesus says, cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. And they did, and they caught this huge number of fish. And when Peter found out it was the Lord, he jumped in the water and swam to it. And the number of fish that were caught in that net was 153, 153 fish. And God impressed on my heart Highway 153. Sam, I want Red Bank Baptist Church to be a church that reaches Hamilton County with the gospel. Your folks are already regional. They live all over in different zip codes. I want you to plant campuses all over Hamilton County. And that came over time. And then God gave us the Point Church. And then he said, hey, 1% of Hamilton County in, in, by the year 2030, I would like to be connected with one of our campuses. That's the vision, 1%. 4,000 people over the next decade to be connected, with, come to Christ, be discipled, and be connected to one of our churches. That's a huge vision. And I'm excited, I'm so excited to announce officially today that our next campus is going to be launched this year in the year 2021. Amen. I'm pumped about that, church. And here's, here's the good news. Amen. Here, here's the good news. God's already paid for it, like it's already provided for. Like, you know, when you think about planning a campus, you're thinking about all the money it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost so much money, plus Bernie Sanders mittens. I mean, it's going to cost a lot, right? It's going to cost a lot. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You've got to be kidding me. What? 
Man, our tech team. I had no idea that was coming. No idea. We might need to have a personnel committee meeting later today. Gosh, I didn't know that was coming. I set myself up for that one. But we're launching a brand new campus this year. I couldn't be more excited about that. And here's, here's what I want you to see in the tech. God wants us to try something new. But here's the second thing Peter had to come to grips with. He had to trust the one who makes all things new. Now, when Peter said, Master, it's your word, I'll do it, it it's not like he was sold out. He, he wasn't completely bought in. He saying, you're the boss, I'm going to do it, not because you're right, but because you're the boss, so I'll do it. But then look what happens. Look what unfolds here. Let me tell you what happens when you do something new for God that you've never done before. Look what happens here. Verse 6. And when they had done this, boy, that's important to understand. When they had been obedient, that's what that's saying. When they obeyed the Lord. If, if Peter had not let down the nets, there would have never been a catch. You got, he had to let the nets down to catch fish. He had to be obedient. So he let down the nets. And when he had done this, look at this, church. When he had done this, wow, look at this. They enclosed a multitude of fish. That's, that's what the word means, multitude. It's the same word that's used in Acts to describe the explosive growth of the church. That multitudes of men and women believed. That multitudes were added. It's the same word. A multitude of fish. A number that no one could number. And their nets were breaking. And then the boats were sinking. And he got other people involved. And God's only growing his church. He's growing the kingdom. When he grows our church, he grows the kingdom. And when he grows the kingdom, he grows our church and vice versa. And this was an unprecedented catch of fish. I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired of unprecedented times. Sometimes I want some good old precedented times. And I hope 2021 has some precedented times sprinkled in over all the unprecedented times that we may face. But this is an unprecedented catch of fish. They've never seen anything like this before. And church, let me just say, we don't deserve a breadcrumb of God's mercy. We don't. And he gives us the whole loaf of mercy. The whole bread loaf of mercy. And all, all, I just want the end pieces. Some of y'all don't like those end slices. I'll take the end pieces of God's mercy all day long. But let me share with you what God did last year. Give you just a quick report from 2020. Uh, not everything, not exhaustive, but I, I want to give you a glimpse of what God did in 2020. When we did something we'd never done before. I, I'd never had a year like 2020. I don't know about you, but we've never done church like that before. But here's what God did. Undesignated, I'll start with the giving and then we'll go through the gospel conversations and that kind of thing. So here's, here's a picture of the giving. Undesignated receipts, that's dollars given to our operating budget. The way we function week in and week out, month out, month out. Now here we go, undesignated receipts, $3,519,092.81. That is the largest offering undesignated this church has ever taken in in any given year. Unprecedented. Yeah, unprecedented. Bud, budget expenses were $3,228,930.28, which means we were in the black. Receipts over expenses, $290,162.53. I mean, we were under budget less than 1%. I mean, we, had, we, we met with the finance committee, and we had contingency plans in place in case we were 10 to up to 20%. 
below. And we were less than 1% under budget. Just, it's just a miracle. Benevolent offering is incredible this year. Normally, in, in a non-coronavirus year, you give about $12,000 to benevolence. And we're, we're able to help a lot of families with that. But this year, you gave seven times that much. Gave $88,000 to benevolence. We used 74, over 74000 to help 215 families. I mean, the, what happened last year is unprecedented. Just hasn't happened before. Over 3,500 gospel conversations. We've never had that many recorded. With 38 salvations and 21 baptisms in a year, we didn't meet a quarter of the year. I mean, this is unprecedented times. And this is what happens when we do something for God that we've never done before. But, and, and it's appropriate to applaud and celebrate. That's appropriate. But God really convicted me, and he's about to get all over your toes with this as he did mine. I want you to look at how Peter responds. I mean, this is, keep in mind, they've never seen this catch a fish like this before. And Peter, his response seems odd. Look at verse number 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. That's odd, isn't it? That he's not saying, hey, look what happens when we, when, when, when we obey God and look how he blesses us. He, is, uh, he, he, he comes to the place where he is utterly unworthy. And he says so. Now, we may think we're utterly unworthy, but when do we say it? He says, depart from me, God. You're holy and I'm not. And he begins to see Jesus in a new light as Messiah. Even calling him not master anymore, not rabbi, not homeboy, not teacher, not uh, he calls him Lord. There's a, there's a change in his heart. Peter looked grace in the face and he said, I am totally and utterly unworthy. Oh Lord, oh Lord. Uh, Peter recognized Jesus is the only Savior, he's the only Messiah. He's it. You know, a lot of us think that, hey, our message as Christians is so. Uh, exclusive. It's, it's Jesus is the only way of salvation. And yes, He is. He's the only way to be saved. And people look at that and they say, that's hate speech. Now, what hate speech is not Jesus is the only way. Hate speech is saying that there are other ways. That's hate speech because that's not true. It's not hateful to say that Jesus is the only way, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. That's not hateful. What's hateful is is to be silent about it. That's hateful. Well, Peter, no more. Peter says, you're Lord. Peter says, you are Lord. And I love what, how it paints this picture. When he saw it, when he saw this miracle, when he saw what happens when he does for the Lord what he's never done before, it just breaks him. He gets to the place of repentance. And maybe, maybe, if we could get to that place, maybe then, we would fish for men, women, boys, and girls. Maybe then. So what I want you to do, I am praying that this will be clear and it will capture your heart. And I want you to watch this, and we've got plenty of time, so don't, don't worry about it. It's an 11-minute mini-movie, okay, that I want you to watch. And it's going to tell you, I want you to see what our next campus is going to be like. So check this out.
Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Over 75 million people in New York, California, Illinois, and Connecticut ordered to stay at home. Over 50 million taking lessons online. ER doctors saying we are on the verge of a medical disaster. Healthcare workers' lives at risk. As of Thursday, we were planning to meet this Sunday, March the 15th, in the morning with life group and worship at the Red Bank campus and the Point campus and our Hispanic campus. Uh, as of today, those plans have changed. As for services this weekend, this Sunday, uh, we will not have any uh, in-person gatherings on our campuses. We are going to go to an online worship service. Uh, this Sunday will be an incredible opportunity for the gospel to be heard and people will be listening as they never have before. That weekend in March when we had to move our services to an online only format, people would not be able to worship here on our campus and they needed a way to connect, a way to let us know that they were responding to the gospel. Each Sunday, I've had the privilege to see those worshiping at home reach out and connect, to pray with them and to help them connect to our church. It has been overwhelming to see how God has moved and worked through technology during the pandemic. Each one of them watching behind the stream has a name and they matter to God. Churches using the online platform across our country saw more than 500,000 people accept Christ while attending an online church service in the year 2020. The Word is living and active. It's powerful. The Gospel is the power of salvation, and it is just as powerful when we use technology. It is the Gospel that transforms lives. In John 4, Jesus said, A time is coming when you will not worship the Father on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem. A time is coming and has now come where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We don't just go to church, we are the church and the world is our worship center. Here's the world shutting down. And my master plan, I gotta get Brenda to service so she sees the baptism and God was like, look, you don't even have a clue um, what I'm doing right now. Uh, my sister and her husband live in California. All churches are closed. And so it wasn't long when everything shut down before they started watching our online service. And they have been so Blessed. They consider themselves members of our church. Especially after COVID, we decided to start looking online and watching the services. And I feel like I know so many people, even though I don't. <laughs> I'm going to call that and say, oh, you look so familiar. I think our family is so big with five kids that we kind of feel like we're in church in our living room. We do the same thing we do at church. We stand and worship with the music, and then we pull out our Bibles, and we just listen to what Sam says and take notes. I began to track some of the states that were watching on a regular basis and it was not uncommon for us to have eight to ten different states represented by our viewers on Facebook Live. Um, one day I had the privilege of interacting with a young man from Uganda. Somehow he found out about us and I believe our services, the message of, of Pastor Sam and, and our music was, was a real inspiration to him and, and ministered to him in his time of need from literally across the world. I was just surprised at how many people that we reach, and it's all for the glory of Christ. I wish we could get everybody to try it. I cannot tell you how many cards, phone calls, text messages that I've had about this 
being able to meet together and how they hope we never stop. Do you remember the Sunday that the pastor wanted to focus on uh, on your one, that one person that God's laid on your heart uh, that you're going to pray for until they come to Christ? Do you remember that Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. That Sunday was a Sunday in May. Pastor had come to me that week and he said, hey, I want a way in which I can ask people a question that you can get that information. They can respond back to us and then I can see that from the platform. So when pastor called on um, the virtual congregation, the online church to um, think about, to pray about the one that, that their heart was burdened for them to receive Christ. And then he asked them to respond to us so that we could pray for them. At first, a couple names came in. And then I look back at uh, my screen, which has multiple things open because I'm trying to copy and paste and get the names on there as quickly as I can. At the top of the, the text line inbox, it tells me a number of unread messages. And most Sundays, it's somewhere between three and 10 that we have to get to. All of a sudden, there's a hundred in the box and then 200 in the box. And I'm listening to the pastor praying for these people. Deanna, Leaf, Emma, Amanda, Callie, Lee, Justin, Michael, Eddie, Joe, Frank, Linda. Students gravitate uh, towards something that's more contemporary, something that uh, has a little bit more energy in life. Nearly all of them come and say, Hey, we love you. We love what's going on here. We love your church, but the style is just not a fit for me. Um, and so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go somewhere else. Have gone to other places and are now plugged in there, leading classes themselves, discipling people themselves. So the very things that we train and dream of students being involved in, they're doing. They're just doing them with other church families. First, I think. Everybody thinks about the worship experience. We are talking about a worship experience that would uh, be modern, that would use the um, aspects of technology to reach uh, beyond just who's in the room, with not just a focus of who's in the room, but an actual intentional focus of who's behind the camera. Each week, some way to interact with us, some way to let us know something. Um, where they get to be a part of it, where it's not just someone behind a screen viewing, watching a, a television program or a streaming program, but where they're actually experiencing um, worship. It's gonna be loud and it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a, a worship experience in which uh, people feel free to express uh, their thankfulness for the Lord and who he is and what he's done. Uh, it's going to be a band-led driven service that's going to look a lot more like a concert than a choir. It's going to be attractional to, to people who are um, younger than me. It's going to be something that um, young families, that um, young professionals, singles, college students are um, excited about. I think that it has uh, the potential not just to reach well beyond our community online, 
but I think that it has the potential to reach a group of people in our own community for in-person worship that um, desire that kind of worship experience. Sometimes we can be caught up in either-or mindset, and we think, you know, we, we all have personal preferences, and so we have to, either it's this way or it's that way. What I love about this book, it's a both and. We're, we're not ceasing to do the things that we have done or even have the types of services that we have. We're just talking about adding a new campus that has a different identity. Some people are not going to like that style of worship, and that's okay, uh, but it's going to attract uh, people, and they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear our pastor share the truth of his word, the truth of God's word. Our methods can change, but it's the truth of God's word that doesn't change. It's like we're not just sitting still hoping that we'll reach future generations or we'll reach the community or we'll reach different areas of town, but we're, we're taking an active step to say, hey, let's try to move towards people and, and let's try to bring the gospel to more people. Pastor Sam is gonna be preaching in the room live. He is going to open the word each week, week and he is going to share expositionally from God's word um, and lives are gonna be transformed. God is gonna use this, um, this medium, this means of technology through the internet, through streaming, through social media and church online platform to reach people that we could not reach each Sunday in different locations, in different places, and at different times. Finding that sense of community, and I know that's a little can be a little hard sometimes being online. I liked the fact that they've talked about maybe starting life groups, do something like you do home life groups. Um, that might be more inviting to people my age. We were all created for community. When God created Adam, he said there was one thing that was not good for man to be alone. And God has created you and I, he's created us to be in community. And while for us here in Chattanooga, it's hard to imagine a place in which you can't just find a good church to go to. But there are people in our country, there's people in other countries who that's a difficult thing for them. Talking about having online groups where people from all over our country and possibly even other countries are meeting and having Bible study together. Our pastor shared his vision for reaching our community in which 1% of Hamilton County will be worshiping at one of our campuses by the year 2030. Online church will be a critical step in drawing residents of Hamilton County to our campus and has the potential to reach beyond our county to the nation and beyond our nation to the world. church our next campus will be an online campus point church online it'll meet in the family life center 1 p.m on sundays uh, it will be um, a, a service that will reach not only people pull people in uh, chattanooga it'll be like a front door to people that live in our community have never been connected with us and also going out to the world you can come and worship in person at that service but the focus the intentionality will be on the folks that are on the other side of the screen uh, you may be wondering well why, why, why are we doing this don't we already have an online presence i mean don't we already have that and the answer is yes we do have an online presence uh, certainly, but, but I want to tell you what God really impressed on my heart that Sunday in May when I was standing right here and I was reading those names as they were flying in. Wes was 
typing them and he used Google Sheets and Google Sheets I, best I can describe it is like a live spreadsheet it's real time so as he types on whatever he's typing on it's popping up on my iPad spelling it out and these names are just flying in like those fish were flying into that net when Peter let the nets down these folks men women boys all these names are just flooding I'm I'm expecting 20 names 30 names and we get to 100, then 200, then 300, and they're just, then it's not slowing down. And it, I just, I was overwhelmed standing there. And God impressed on me, even in that moment, in my feeling overwhelmed, God impressed on me, said, yeah, y'all are getting, getting the word out there, but you have no mechanism in place whatsoever to assimilate these folks into the life of the church. In other words, you don't have a net to catch people on the internet. You don't have a way to catch them. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone fishing in a boat before and only took bait with you. No fishing line, no fishing rods, no hooks, no nets, just bait. And just throw the bait out in the water. I, I don't, you're probably not going to catch a whole lot of fish doing that. And, and that's what we've been doing. And I had to repent of, of that. I have been somewhat dismissive, if not outright dismissive, of folks that have been watching us and worshiping with us online and TV. It's just like they've been looking in. But I, I could spend the rest of the day telling you story after story of people who've been watching us for three or four years. And as soon as we were intentional, I can think of John. I'm going to be baptizing John soon. John's, in, John's 74 years old. He, he came to Christ through our online service, or through TV. He, he came to Christ, and he didn't have a way to let us know, didn't have a way to connect with us until we had our 79969 platform. And then he let us know, and then I met with him, and sure enough, he came to faith in Christ, and I'm going to baptize him here in a few weeks. I've got story after story after story we could spend all day. that We, had, we needed some kind of mechanism, some kind of net to get these folks in, and that's what online church, Point Church Online is going to be. It's not the Point Church at Signal live stream. That's not what this is. This is a whole different service in the gym, 1 o'clock on Sunday. So here's the question. How can you get involved? That leads us to the third ask I'm asking you today. I'm asking you to treasure the gospel above everything. Treasure the good news above everything. In verse 10, Jesus said, Now you'll be catching men. Verse 11, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They left everything. They left this enormous catch of fish, and they followed him. They left the nets and the boat, and they followed him. God is calling us to follow Him. That's what we're called to do. And I want to ask you, in a way that we can do that, to catch men, women, boys, and girls, to be fishers of men. Because here's what Jesus does. Jesus not only gives us victory. How many of you have victory in Christ? You've been saved by the blood of Jesus. Shout amen up in here. Amen. Yes, sir. You have victory. But not only is Jesus giving you victory, Jesus is giving you a new vocation. You're a follower of Christ, yes, but you're also a fisher of men, women, boys, and girls. So I want to give you an opportunity to go fishing every Sunday at 1 p.m. 
In fact, every one of us can do this. Everyone in this room can do this. Siri, uh, remind me every Sunday at 11.52 to share the link to online church. Okay, added. Okay, added, right? We can all do that. You can set a reminder on whatever device you have to say, hey, 1 p.m. on Sunday, remind me to share the link. Just share the link. I don't care where you are, at home, traveling, on vacation, at work, wherever you are, you can easily, okay, I've got these many Facebook friends, let me share this link with them, and you share the link with them. You've got friends that I don't have online, and I have friends that you don't have, and let's get the word out. Let's share it every Sunday, 1 p.m. You don't want to remind at 11.52, but at 1 o'clock. Okay, we're going to do this every Sunday. All of us can do that. Listen, there it is. Share the link to online church. Popped up just like that. That's All of us can do that. You can host a, a life group in your home for this uh, online church. You, you can do that. It can be in person or it can be virtual. You can be a chat host in your home at 1 p.m. every Sunday. You can sit in your home and when people that are worshiping with us at 1 o'clock have a prayer request or a need and they type in, you can be that one that responds back to them. More than well, we'd love to have you serve in that. There's so many ways to serve. The best thing about it is at 1 o'clock. So if you worship at 8.15, 9.30, 10.45, you're free at 1 o'clock. So you can come serve in person if you'd like. We need people to serve in person as well. Let, let me tell you why I'm so passionate about this. And let me tell you one reason that I've, I've been thinking about this for years. i tell you what I'm sick and tired of hearing. I'm sick and tired of hearing your children and your grandchildren come to me when I see them Whenever I see them, uh, all over town, all over Hamilton County, I run into your families all the time. And they'll look me in the face and they'll say things like this. We used to go to Red Bank. I grew up at Red Bank. I used to go. I hear that at least once. I believe every person in Hamilton County used to go to Red Bank. (laughs) Everybody used to go to Red Bank. I don't want them to used to go anymore. I want them to go now. Not to grow our name, but to grow the kingdom. God's going to build his church. He's going to grow his kingdom. One way he does that is to build the church. I want to have an opportunity and an option for people to worship Jesus who are going to hear expository preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm excited about this. I pray that God will make it clear to you and capture your heart and that you would jump on board and accept the invitation to go fishing every Sunday at 1 p.m. William Carey said it like this. Uh, he, he said the Great Commission is a binding command on every generation of Christians. Every generation. So I want to challenge you today, if you've already been saved, if you've already trusted Christ, you'll say, hey, I want to serve. Well, we're going to make it easy for you today. All you have to do is text the word serve to 79969. And we'll get you connected in a way that you can serve in this next campus we're launching officially opening up on Easter Sunday. We have a soft launch in March, but a hard launch on Easter Sunday. Uh, Also, I want to say this to all those who have said, well, man, I've I've never put my faith in Christ. I've never been like Peter. Yeah, I see Jesus as master. I see him as a good guy. I view him as a good teacher. Uh, He seems to be kind. He seems to be gentle. I see him as my homie or my friend. But I've never seen him as as Lord I've never taken that step of surrender but today God stirred my heart 
And I see that Jesus died to bring me near to God. That he came, he took a step toward me uh, to bring me to himself. And today I want to take that step of faith. You have to take the step of faith. You can't ride the coattails of your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith. You have to make a decision to take a next step of salvation. You need to be born again spiritually. And the way you do that is you recognize you're not born again spiritually. You recognize you're lost. You need to be rescued. You're a sinner. And that has separated you from God. And God sent His Son Jesus to bring you to Him. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And yes, Jesus is the only way. But the good news is that it's available to everyone. It's exclusive, sure, but it's inclusive. As anyone can come, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone who believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. So I want to invite you to do that today. We're going to pray in a moment. I'm going to invite you to put your faith in Jesus as your Savior and begin to follow Him as Lord. For the rest of us, church, it's time to go fishing. I mean, we're caught people. We, 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 are, we are caught by fishers of men so we can go catch people as fishers of men. We are forgiven people to go tell people how they can be forgiven. We're helped with the help that comes from the Lord people so we can go tell people how they can be helped with the help that comes from the Lord. We are discipled people so we can go and disciple people. We're born again people so we can go tell people how they can be born Again, that they were born to be born again. We are served people. We have been served by the one who came not to be served, but to serve. So we can go and seek others that we can serve. We are taught people so we can go teach people. We are people who were rescued by, pardoned by the one, the only person who can pardon. And we're to point other people to him who can pardon them, who laid down his life as a ransom for many. We've been ransomed, and we're to go tell people how they can be ransomed. We are people that are reached by the gospel. We're to reach out in order to reach people, to engage people with the gospel, to gospelize people with the gospel. That's what we're called to do. That's our DNA. So join me, and let's go fishing on Sundays at 1 p.m. starting in March. Father, we love you. Lord, we want to go fishing. We know with you at your word, it'll be a great catch. But Lord, we don't want to do it just for the great catch. We want to do it to be obedient to you. You have called us, saved us, set us apart, and sent us out to be your hands and your feet. We are caught people who were created and saved to go catch people. And so, Lord, help us do that as a church. I pray for every person, either in person or online, that, that, that has any interest in getting involved to text the word SERVE to 79969. Lord, there are folks who need to make decisions today. Some folks need to be baptized. And I pray they'll text the word WATER to 79969. These baptisms today have, 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 have witnessed to them. And they need to take that step, a step toward you, uh, in obedience and be baptized and we'd love to talk with them if they've got questions about that just to text water to 79969 some folks are ready to join this church this body of believers and I pray they'll text the word connect 
to 79969. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you about how you can officially become a part of our, our church, get assimilated into the life of our church. Lord, some people need prayer today. That They're heartbroken, they're fearful, they're disappointed, they're discouraged. I, I pray they'll text pray to the word pray to 79969. Father, would you help us today? Would you help us respond to you in a way that pleases you? Would you help us worship you today in a way that brings honor to you? God, we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God...